Well, good morning. So we had a little crash of um, the podcast app, so we're just going to try to record the audio separately. We lost, uh, well, we lost this morning's early podcast, but it's not that big a deal. What we were talking about was, um, it's, uh, it's been a week since, what was it, the 10th class of, um, it's the, uh, the Devi Mahatmya. Uh, it's, um, It's an important text to the Shaivists. It's about the uh, the goddess. <clears throat> but long story short, within it, uh, it's a practice manual of, of Tantra. Not that different from the Yoga Sutras of Pentangeli. The way I wrote it um, is... How does this work? Um, well, it's more of a, a practice... Uh, it's mantra, it's, uh, it's yoga, it's also philosophy. So if you see, um, let's see here, so if you see the Yoga Sutras of Pentangeli, um, a, a, a simplification of the, of the Gita, the Bhagavad Gita, if you see the Bhagavad Gita as a simplification of the Upanishads and the Upanishads for the Vedas, I mean, I don't mean to use the wrong words. I just mean kind of like a crib notes or... So here we are. We're on chapter five of uh, this treatise. And we talked about chitta, chitti, and vritti, and in a roundabout way, naroda. So even within the Devi Mahatmya, the goal is obviously uh, the nature of self, but how do we minimize the selfish self? It's via the same practice that's in the Bhagavad Gita, it's in the Yoga Sutras. It is Buddhism itself, which is Chitta Vritti Naroda. Very simply, Chitta is consciousness, this independent self that we delude ourselves into believing is is a fixed thing, let alone a real thing. It's just uh, a piece of the goddess that we've pulled down, uh, right? It's almost like a Batman thing, right? Even if you get the original Batman costume, you put it on, it doesn't make you Batman, right? And Vritti, I love how uh, Acharya defined it, uh, Vritti being technically a circle, so kind of like going in circles. Uh, the way I explain it, it's a vritti, think of it kind of like the flapping of a flag. It doesn't really do the, the flag all that much to be flapping around. Uh, it does need a certain amount of wind for it to, uh, to do its job, right? But too much, or needless, or even um, spastic, uh, wind, you know, flapping them around is, is not beneficial, right? And Naroda being to cease. So the nature of self is to reduce these needless flappings of, of the consciousness. Right? Chitta, vritti, Naroda. Right? Halt the compulsive thoughts or actions. I love this word that came up in the course of Thrashta. It's the seer is seen by the same. 
right? The witness, the witness consciousness, as they say. So it really does fit, I think I mentioned it later, this idea of coming to an understanding of your already present uh, true self and nature. Right? But drishta also includes the idea of telos or ethos, but it evolves. I mean, it's reminding us truly what the chitta is. It's, um, it's simply influence of our previous experience uh, being carried forward as if it were an independent self. Right? And I'm going to note that we evolve in thought, but the sense of self remains, this, this firmament of a self. It's not the true self, which, right, to, uh, to identify the true self requires the chitta vritti naroda, right? So we're uh, 1.2 and 1.3, so the second and third sutra of the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. I've already gotten into this. As I said before, he mentions it again later, chapter 2. can't remember, don't quote me, but it's in chapter 2 where he goes and mentions Chitta Vritti Naroda again. The true self is not Vritti. Right? That's 1-4. Uh, right? The true self is not these fluctuations, these spasms. Uh, then chapters 1.5 to 111 talks about what is citta. Right? It gets into klesha, both complex and, and simple uh, klesha. Um, the way I've always seen it, kind of um, like a collection, a composite. Um, kind of if you were to see Pratitya Samadpada, um, independent, interdependent origination, right? cause and effect. Um, if you were to see all of the system together, I mean, I guess you could see Klesha as essentially Gestalt. It's the collection of complex or simple nature. It can be pleasant or unpleasant. As I said um, from Kipling's poem, If when you treat triumph and disaster as the impostors they are. This is where you understand that they are both maya, both illusion, right? Like Nietzsche's pleasure, right? All pleasure must have its roots in great suffering, right? So we talk about the cycle of citta. It's, uh, it's the five activities of the mind. So we have pramana, that's judgment or discernment. Uh, the root of which is measure. So I want to point to, this is 1.6 of Pantanjali's uh, Yoga Sutra, but I want to point to uh, Shatsan in Nietzsche's uh, Zarathustra. Shatsan, uh, man is the evaluator, the evaluator, right? Um, meaning, value, right? Shatsan ist schofen. Shofen ist Shatsan. So it's valuing is creation. Creation is valuing. This idea of being the evaluator. That's pramana. And then uh, vipayaya. That's judgment. Misjudgment. My apologies, right? This false judgment. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's false judgment. Misjudgment's the word that was used in class. It's, right? Uh, ignorance could be very uh, similar, this idea. Willful ignorance, maybe even. 
Uh, next of the five is Vaikalpa, which is imagination. Right? So, and I like if you break down the Sanskrit words, you get Vaikalpa, right? Vai being uh, honorable, highest, ultimate, right? So, ultimate thought, ultimate expression, uh, imagination, right? So, think of the rope uh, being seen as a snake, uh, this idea. Nidra is the next, fourth of the five, Nidra being sleep. And he does later uh, in, a, in the Q&A, he highlights that uh, sleep is not necessarily dream. Um, when you're dreaming, you can have a combination of all of these different activities of the mind. And the final activity is Smriti. Smriti in Sanskrit, Sati in Pali. Remembrance. Remembrance. And so I want to point to... Uh, how close this gets us to the same idea of sati sampanjanya. <coughs> this <coughs> bringing this focus, this remembrance to all of life's daily activities. That is uh, abhyasa. That's later we're going to talk about practice, practice itself. So we move on to that was 1.6, the five activities of the mind pramana, uh, vapaya. Vaikalpa, Nidra, and Smriti. Uh, 1.7 is talking about uh, Pramana, judgment, is found through Pratyaksha, direct experience. We talked about this, how important that direct experience is, right? We talked about being present, being aware and focused. Um, basho in Japanese, being on the place of action. Next, though, is an important one, Anumana. I've mentioned this before, that John Verveke uh, misunderstands when he talks about inference or um, acquired uh, knowledge or wisdom. It's not sati. Sati is remembrance. That's, I understand where he gets this from, and he might be oversimplifying it, sure, but Anumana is the word, right? Uh, it means inference, uh, Japanese would be shikaku, and Chinese hongaku. So this is uh, like uh, your Buddha nature. It's uh, coming, uh, it would be like acquired innate understanding. So coming to a realization of something you already knew. Right. So imagine having been taught how to ride a bike when you were a child and completely forgotten about it. And just by accident one day you're... you're of happenstance, that you're somewhere where you need to uh, ride a bike, and after uh, a little bit of uh, trepidation, you, you give her a go, and all of a sudden, whew, look at that. Come to realize that this was a knowledge that you already had, right? And the final uh, is Agama. Agama is interesting because... Uh, Agama is used in multiple forms, but in this case it's acquisition or movement and how it connects to anumana, right? Knowledge from elsewhere, right? So, agama versus anumana, right? So we move on to 1.7. Again, we're talking about this uh, vaparya, this misjudgment, 
like the snake for the rope, misidentification of the truth. And Vaikalpa and the imagination relates to Shunya. Right? Uh, in this case, in 1.7, Shunya refers to something that's not there. But again, this is this um, emptiness, this uh, absence, uh, kind of like the not-self. So it's not completely devoid, as in the way we translate it, void, shunyata, but empty of our concepts, right? Uh, even to the point of like a finite mind just cannot wrap itself around the infinite. So 111, we talk about shmirti, remembrance. This idea of without letting go. Right? So it's not just remembering in a good sense, it's also the, uh, the three poisons of attachment, aversion, this trauma, right? For us to see the true nature of self, we have to realize that what we consider the self is really just a, a collection of preferences that we hold on to moment to moment to moment. Swapna, the dream as I said before, it's just one state, a bardo to the Tibetans, and within which we can have all of the different activities of the mind of chitta. Um, big, big part of his letting go, obviously. Uh, attachment, aversion is another part of it, right? If you avoid doing what you should, it's not that different from attaching to things that you shouldn't. Um, sutras one twelve to one sixteen. Means of chitta control. This is where we get into one twelve. Is abhyasa practice, varagya, disidentification. Right? How to control the self? How to limit tanha, thirst? Right? Uh, Varegya has a root in color, right? How to be uncolored, this, this uh, Taoist idea of detachment. Not complete and utter detachment from the world, but no longer attaching to or aversion to aspects. It's, as I said before, this amorfate of Nietzsche, to treat all as ordered. So I really do love that Aviesa 113 as well. Um... Presence is what I wrote down. I made a reference to Satsi Sampajanya, the ceaseless practice of Pada. 